Guys, guess what? What? We've booked a live show. We've booked a Christmas show. It's on the 2nd of December at the Clapham Grand in London. Oh Yay! my God. We're going to see each other's faces. We're going to see each other's bodies and so on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just genuinely deliriously happy that we're going to see each other in the flesh. And hopefully we're going to see some of you as well. So tickets you can get from claphamgrand.com. If you're not in London, then you can also buy tickets to watch on the stream. Yeah, so anywhere in the world, it will be at seven o'clock UK time. So whatever time that is in your country, it will be streaming live. And there's two shows. We're doing two shows. So it's going to be two hours of entertainment. Two fantastic guests. The second show will be a lot drunker than the first. So <laughs> wherever you are in the world, it's OK to get drunk because it will be drinking time in London. Join us, please. Also, because of COVID, it is now a requirement that you have to buy two tickets at a time. Now, if you're like me and you like to go to shit alone, don't worry. We can hook you up with another person that's going on their own, pair you up, make sure that your personalities match. We'll do a full psych profile and we'll get you together. <laughs> How's that sound? Do you know what? That sounds perfect. If you're like Taylor and your husband will no longer go to things with you, that's Clapham Ground, 2nd of December. Buy tickets online. Come to the live stream. It's going to be so much fun. Christmas show. Christmas show. Christmas show. Cool. Longest ad ever. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets you can get from Crapham Gland. Don't say that. <laughs> the Crapham Gland. Oh my Our God. new sponsor. <laughs> Drunk women Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Hannah George and I'm a screenwriter. I'm joined by author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where absinthe meets arson, Negroni meets necrophilia, and Grand Marnier meets Grand Theft Auto. It's a true crime podcast with a twist. Of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. First person to say the word book. Very <laughs> I'm intimidated. For all you lovers out there listening mm-hmm. to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell him I'm dead? There's been such a build-up to it. I feel like it has to be something crazy in there, and I just can't think. There's a, a ghost in the womb. and the Womb ghost? Yeah, and it's angry. Yeah. Well, okay, we've got angry womb ghost. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Hello and welcome to another lockdown edition of Drunk Women Solving Crime. Today we are joined by comedian, writer and podcaster, Sarah Keyword. Yay! Yay! Hello. Sorry, I immediately took a sip just as you were introducing me, which is a mistake. <laughs> welcome, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm good. I haven't left my house today, so I'm feeling that kind of um, strange, nervous energy. Okay. So, that slightly sweaty feeling of I've been in the same place for several hours. Yes. Use it. Use it. Um, so, Let it drive you. <laughs> we asked one question on this podcast, and that is, have you ever been the victim of a crime? Yes, I have. Go on. What a thrill. Um, really nice <laughs> to be included in the club. In my old flat, so this, is a, this is a new place. Uh, we moved in January, but we lived in our old flat for about four years. When I say me, I mean me and my girlfriend and our two housemates, who we no longer live with. Uh, and about two years in, 
uh, a mysterious person kept decided to start ringing the doorbell of our flat. We're on the top floor, but like all hours of the day and night. Oh, really? No. Like like sporadic timings. Like it would be like two in the afternoon and then four in the morning or like six a.m. or whatever. Uh, which was like would have been more frightening and more alarming had because we had one of those like you pick up the phone and you can hear that you can talk to the person down the street and and you'd answer the phone and go hello and and he would go let me in and you'd obviously say no (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) fool me once with that (laughs) yeah there you go i don't think so uh and then uh and then he'd go where's mariah and i go no, Mariah here, mate. And he'd go, Mariah Carey. Where's Mariah Carey? Oh and I was God. like, hmm, I don't think... I'm not buzzing you in, for sure. <laughs> uh, and that just happened for months and months and months. This man was convinced wow. that Mariah Carey loved in my apartment in Kilburn. Oh, uh, no. And it just got so bizarre. There'd be points where it was, just, it was so weird. Like, in like, the middle of the night, I can't stress how weird it is to like be on the phone in the middle of the night just talking to a dude, being like, honestly, mate, if, I think if she lived in London, she'd be, it wouldn't be, she'd be closer into Central, wouldn't she? <laughs> she You're not thinking this through, buddy. She wouldn't pick Kilburn. Yeah. So, so, yeah, and play then the eventually odds, the it kind of escalated and he got into the apartment building and was trying to get... Oh, yeah. so did someone let him in? I think somebody... I don't know whether he just tried a different door one day and it was really early in the morning and he uh, he he tried ours and we talked to him and said, no, again, wow. Mariah's not here, you've just missed her, which was a mistake. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and then I heard like a little bit of a scuffling. My bedroom was closest to the front door, and I heard a bit of a scuffling. And I went and had a look through our little keyhole, and he was just there. Jesus! <gasps> and I, it was just me and my housemate Adele. So I like ran, not the Adele, obviously. <laughs> which which <laughs> that, yeah, that, would that would have explained it, you know. <laughs> Mar- Mar- Mariah's not here, but if you're looking for Adele, um... <laughs> boy, have you got the wrong deal? Yeah, <laughs> she sings out the wind though and he's getting confused and uh I, I ran to Adele and woke her up and I was like he's in the he's in the building and then oh that's uh, so scary and then yeah. he set the fire alarm off and ran away because we called the police oh my god yeah so it was a it was a I don't know what the purpose of the crime was but we were victim to it you were <laughs> whatever it, it was it's yeah yeah I feel like it's an old manager probably do you think yeah no do you think not, she owes him money you... Did you get Maybe. to see him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could see him because we looked out so the window you... and he'd be right there. So uh, you have no idea how he, why he pursued you and your family. No. And he got sectioned at one point, which we were, you know, quite pleased about because that meant that he was safe, at least. Um, yeah. But in this country, if you get sectioned, they just keep you in for about 28 days. And so he was gone for 28 days. And then on the 29th day, he was back at our door looking for oh, Mariah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That did not do enough. It that did not help didn't him. didn't help. I feel like we, you know, can't say it enough. Better mental health services for all yeah. people, especially the ones right. who are convinced that American pop stars live in my building. Yeah. And was he convinced or was it a kind of, was he just trying to wind you up, do you think? Or it was he no, was No, he, he genuinely got it into his head that she was there. But like, it's, it's so weird because she's not at the height of her fame, is she? <laughs> That's maybe why she thought he thought that she lived in. She Gilbert. must have meant something to him at a particular time in his life. If he, if we if it's official, he's mentally unstable or yeah. Well, it could still turn into a crime. 
couldn't it? Well, that's the problem. Ugh. And at one yeah. point, he did say on the uh, on the on the phone to my housemate, he said he had a gun, which I don't think he meant. Uh, <gasps> you know, yeah, so that's not a, a a test you wanna. Yeah, we carry weren't like, out yourself. Oh, I'll call you bluff. Come on up. Uh, no, yeah. I know. Uh, we were lying. She's here. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Now, now that you're armed, Mariah loves <laughs> guns <laughs> from strangers. Welcome. Yeah. So, um, so is, have you ever had that one before? No. no. No, we haven't. Me neither. <laughs> if he'd have flashed his penis at you, it would be half the course yeah, in terms very, of this uh, podcast. Remarkably, <laughs> never saw his dick, actually. Wow, even with very the, the keyhole moment. No, yeah, even that through the, the keyhole. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was very covered up, very respectful. Mm-hmm. Wow, and then he set off the fire alarm. Yes. Because did you leave the house at that point? Or were you oh, just no, like, no. Cause... And we, we lent out of our window and talked to our neighbours in the flat next door, cause, and they were peeking it as well. Cause, and, so, and I was like... It's that random dude who thinks Mariah Carey lives here, and they were like, "Okay," and then none of us left, which would have been and then terrible. It never ha- happened. It never happened again. Oh no, that? no, he came back. Oh, he came back. Yeah, it stopped. <laughs> it stopped happening when we left. When you left. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. It um, feels that's, like... that's what you don't tell the prospective tenants. Oh, yeah. like, have you liked to live in here? Yeah, great. Oh, no problems. Great. I feel great. awful because some people kept coming to have a look around it. And it was a really nice flat. And it was a nice area. So you'd kind of sort of help in the sales and you know, just be kind of... Yeah. Uh, and, and then recently my old housemate messaged me and was like, the flat's back on the market. And I was like, oh, no. Oh no! Because oh. you can't exactly sell that, can you? Like, comes with its own man that calls it every hour. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, may or may not that. feature Mariah Carey. It feels like wow. he pulled the fire alarm to try and make you leave so that he could see if Mariah was there. Mm. Which is actually <laughs> like just leave. It's actually genius, isn't it? Yeah. She, she'll she the six in the morning. She'd run out in her PJs. <laughs> well, one thing we ask on this podcast is if you have that person in front of you right now. What would you what would you say to them if you had a chance to sort of confront them face to face? I think I'd say why not Beyonce? Very good. Yeah, it's a very good point. Like Mariah Carey, I feel like didn't she do some walk? She was like on Walker's Crisps for a while. Was wasn't she? she? She was like the new Gary. Yes, God, she was, was actually. Yeah. yeah. But I want. I, I do. Oh, wow. You mentioned it earlier. I do want to know what went. What happened in his life? Like why it was specific to her. Yeah, and it just felt like such a throwback because she's not really making much music at the moment. So it was a real, mm. you know, felt like a bit of a yeah. early noughties. But if he's obsession. an older guy, maybe he didn't seem that old. Okay, and do you know what? If Mariah's listening, I think she'll be buzzing with that. Yeah, I think she'll be really happy. Big, <laughs> big, big fan in Kilburn. Yeah. And the flats on the market. And what so. would you do if you got an email where she was like, "Actually, I did live in Kilburn for about ten years." Yeah, yeah. I would just be like, "She listens to the podcast." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be great. And then that you just reply great. with, "Why not Beyonce?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's one of those sort of crimes that's a bit. I don't know. It leaves you feeling a little bit like they're right in my front door, and mm-hmm. it seems fine, but is it fine? Because no, I come not, home through that front door. And you stuff. feel sorry for them, but yes. you're not safe with them there. So it's a really... That's like, the thing. Or- we didn't want anything bad to happen to him. Yeah. You know? We were calling the police because we wanted him to be set. Because you do it at all yeah. hours of the morning. Yeah, of course. Um, but there was another incident in that flat where uh, on New Year's Eve, I wasn't there, but my housemate was alone, and a guy started ringing the buzzer, and uh, she answered it, and he started screaming at her to, to let him in. 
Oh. And she was like, absolutely not. Different man. Yeah. And, uh, wow. and uh, she was like, nope. And then he, he broke his way in. He got a cinder block and, and broke the lock. <gasps> Ran all the way up to our flat, which, Fuck. very specific, third floor. Um, kicked the door down. She locked herself in her oh. bedroom. Jesus. And he ran in and he was like, where is your husband? Where is he? And she was like, it's exclusively women that live here. Uh, And and she had to come out of her bedroom and say that to him. And he ran off. Fucking hell. Oh my God. So um, I mean, if this was Ghostbusters, that would be like, there's a ley line going through that building that just attracts... People that are looking for the wrong. People. There's something about yeah. that ad- ad- address where it's like there's like a default setting where that's the one listed. Mariah lives here. This guy, this woman's husband, <laughs> yeah. lives here. Also, like not only are you alone on New Year's Eve on your own, mm-hmm. but you have to come screaming out of your bedroom, going, "I don't have a husband." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> happened yet? That was the thing. He doesn't live my here. housemate was like, "Did my parents send him?" <laughs> <laughs> Where is your husband? It's nearly 2019. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Wow. Well, that flat sounds yeah. horrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's a cursed property. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Talking of cursed properties. Ooh, uh, Ooh segue. What? Segway Hello. into something that is not about curses or property. Oh, <laughs> damn it. I know, I know. I know. Pathetic, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're moving on to the true crime section of the podcast. And today, we're in 1891. We're in Exeter, Rhode Island. And we're exhuming the bodies of an entire family. Oh. Of course we are. Join me. <laughs> so, join me on this festive dig. <laughs> So this is the Brown family, and they suffered uh, a sequence of deaths in their family across about a 10-year period. So the mother, Mary, died first, then the eldest daughter, Mary Olive, and finally the youngest daughter, Mercy, aged 19. So my first question is, we're in America, it's 1891, what is most likely to have killed them? Poison. Poison? Mm-hmm. Straight, yeah. in, straight in with a poison. Like <laughs> She's not messing about. No. Arsenic? Or mercury? A more specific poison. I like it. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say disease. Oh, oh, a disease. Like, Just because could... they're they're all in the same household. Yeah. Yes. Syphilis. 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 So we've got. So is that is that your? Because I'm going to tell you, it is a disease. Mm-hmm. So what was what was a really popular one? Do you think it wasn't syphilis? Oh, typhoid, TB? TB, tuberculosis. Straight away with TB. I've been doing this too long. Yeah. <laughs> too long. Yeah. It's either poison or tuberculosis. It's a jaded um, cop. If I had a pound for every time, it was TB. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it was called consumption at the time, as it appeared to consume an infected person's body. But very little was known about it, particularly the fact I've that it was a bacterial disease. I've heard that so many disease. times, and I had no idea that that's why it was called consumption. Oh, really? That it... <laughs> And I was always Why like, did you think they just eat loads? What's the deal? <laughs> you just eat the disease. If yeah. you consume the disease, yeah. Okay. Um, no, that's what America's dying of now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, very little was known about it. And like, I love the fact that, yeah, since COVID and stuff, we've all become kind of disease experts. Um, and this one was a bacterial disease that, that was very contagious. So it would often kill entire families. However, in the 19th century, folklore and superstition 
all of that shit was absolutely huge. Um, so they thought something else was killing entire families. Hazard a guess at what you think they thought was killing these families. Women reading the books. Families. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> wombs. Just wombs. Yeah. <laughs> As a whole. The blood is going the wrong way. Yeah. Into the lungs. There's a, mm. a ghost in the womb. and the Womb ghost? Yeah, and it's angry. Yeah. Want... Okay, we've got angry womb ghost. Haunted, haunted angry womb ghost. Oh. Haunted angry womb ghost. I'm not backing Katie? down from this. <laughs> I mean, do you know what? No, no, no should you. You'd be right. <laughs> I mean, where spirits and stuff, maybe a, maybe a curse. You said it wasn't a curse, though. Sort, it is sort of a curse, though. So actually, my uh, segue was very good. Oh, well done. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's do a call back. Uh, Taylor? Well, I'm just going to combine. So, yeah, like ghosty, ghosty womb spirits. The devil. The devil's in the womb. Yeah. Devil. Devil causing women to have an irrational desire for autonomy. Mm. <laughs> so it's the devil in the womb. Are we saying periods here? Is that what we're kind of alluding to? Yeah. Like, but it would be unseemly like, to actually I'm say. I'm not it. saying that word. Yeah, I'm sorry, Sarah, to bring you here and say something like that. I'm sorry. It's okay. So basically, menstruation. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> A poltergeist in the okay. womb. So, I'm just going to say every superstitious thing I can think of. Well, basically, you know, we've had angry, angry womb ghost. And I'm going to tell you to go even more batshit than that. That's actually a clue, the expression batshit. Oh, were they being killed by batshit? Vampires! <laughs> Vampires! Ding, 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 ding! Yes! Yes, indeed. We Vampires. are slap bang. Are they in the womb? In the middle. In the womb. Vampires in the womb. The period. We're back um, on the period. Okay. <laughs> this is the New England vampire panic. Oh. It, awesome. Beautiful. We also sound like an amazing band as well, the New England vampire yeah. panic. We are. Um, so, <laughs> quick question. How do we feel about vampires? Just straight up. What are, you, what are your feelings on them? Um, very good. Uh, so I'm going to take this one, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, um, we all deferred to I, you at that point. I love um, Bram Stoker's Dracula, the book, because that's what it is. <laughs> um, Katie's you. actually very learned. Oh, I see. <laughs> First person um, to say the word book. Very impressive. <laughs> very impressive. I'm intimidated. <laughs> I, it's it's like might even be my favourite book, but I love it for proper reasons, but also slightly unfair reasons because, like, it starts because it's loads of people's diaries all put together to tell the story, which I think is such cool storytelling. But then it starts with this guy going to Count Dracula's castle and he's like writing his diary on the train. And he's like, no, don't go to Count Dracula's house. What are you doing? <laughs> so it's kind of fun for stupid reasons, but it's such a good he's, he's the original woman who walks into the house and takes her clothes off whilst, yes! without turning any of the lights on. And he's very much that character. And actually his fiance basically saves the day. And then, and I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast before because it really annoys me, but like basically all her journals, all her research, all her trying to save him and get experts involved to catch the vampires and get to the bottom of it is like, she's the star of the show. She's done all this legwork. And then all the men experts get together. They lock, they go, you stay upstairs. The men are going to deal with it now. And then she's on her own and gets mm. bitten. <laughs> oh, classic. <laughs> I've read the book too, Katie. <laughs> And I think I think that character is called Winona Ryder. 
I just thought she was so well written. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah. Sarah, your vampire. Any vampire? Okay. Um, well, I'm, it was, it's been very cultural so far and intellectual, <laughs> and I'm going to kick it up a notch <laughs> by telling you that when when I hear vampire, I think of yeah. the little. Very nice. And I am a child again, and I am ter- <laughs> terrified that Richard E. Grant is going to come and kill me. Even though that is a children's film and it's not that frightening, I was a very easily spooked child and I found it quite horrifying. And also I was really upset that there was a vampire called Rudolph because that just doesn't fit in my (laughs) brain. That does not work. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm I'm on team no. Okay, so okay. this this might be quite triggering for you. So <laughs> <laughs> also, I've just started watching Buffy, having never seen it before. Oh, oh wow! And I you feel like I have controversial opinions because everyone who watched it was presumably a teenage girl, and I'm not. And uh, I don't. I hate Angel. Mm. Right. We are going to get a lot of tweets yeah, for this episode. I, hate, but, yeah. um, no. I just got cancelled. <laughs> First periods, then <laughs> she doesn't like Angel. <laughs> well, I also read Buffy, the book. Yeah. <laughs> and in my book group, a lot of people didn't like Angel, so I think that's okay. Okay, that's good. It's a really smart book group. Yeah. <laughs> I read one book a year, as we know. Who do you think <laughs> would play Angel were they to make a movie of Buffy? Oh, wow. Would it be I mean, they did. And I like the movie. <laughs> Controversially, I didn't get into the series. I liked the movie. Oh. Richard E. Grant, that would really, that would be the worst thing Playing possible Playing Angel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, with the, the vampires of the New England vampire panic mm-hmm. were not quite like the kind of the Buffies and the, even the Draculas. Um, you could it say was, it, they're it not sexy. Much... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just say it. What a sen- <laughs> essentially what it is is that they it was that it would be a family member so your family member who died would um they would believe that they were undead and that they were sucking the life out of the rest of their family from mm. beyond the grave so they weren't physically sort of like standing up and sort of biting people's necks at this time but it was it was being undead and it was sucking the life okay. out of these people. Oh, yeah. So the vampire in this story is 19-year-old Mercy Brown. We don't know how sexy she is, but well, why don't we? <laughs> Do you know what? That's what they must, historian there must probably. be a note somewhere about how sexy she is. There usually is a note. Yeah. yeah. Do you is... know what? You're right. Mm. Like Katie said, maybe there was a somebody that actually was just writing down the facts. We don't know. Yeah. I love it, the facts in the, the facts. vampire <laughs> So at this point in time, the, the time that we join the story, Mercy has died. She's died a few months before. Um, and Edwin, her brother, becomes very ill. So, of course, in reality, he's contracted um, TB, of course. <laughs> Sorry. Rather... I thought you were going to say, Go in reality, he is contracted to get very ill because his name is Edwin. <laughs> <laughs> they never survived, do they? <laughs> Yeah, it's not it's not a strong not a strong name. Um but yeah, so he gets ill and the village think that his recently deceased sister is sucking the life out of him from beyond the grave. Aww. The dad you can still blame dead women, awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wonder yeah, if like... her personality was like that, though. Like, I wonder if some of these cases it was just more believable because it's like, fucking mercy. Like, she sucked the life out of us when she was alive. And now she's sucking the life out of us when she's dead. Yeah, because no one wanted to admit that, like, Edwin was, like, off, like, sucking rats or something. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, like we're still talking about her. The parents are just trying to protect want. Edwin because he's fucking weird. They're like, oh, it's yeah. mercy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love that as like a way of just getting an oldie timey disease, just sucking a rat. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It, it wasn't until the late 1940s that people stopped sucking the rats. <laughs> <laughs> and even then. I bet every teenage boy did it. I bet, like, they were all hanging out with their mates and one of them was like, I dare thee <laughs> to suck of that vermin. And, um, Upon my word. Yeah. Um, so the dad, the dad was a, a reasonable guy. He didn't believe in vampires. He was like, no, this is, this is ridiculous. But the townsfolk were so adamant that it was Mercy's doing that Edwin was ill, not the rat sucking, that... They convinced him to give his approval to something. What do you think that was? Is it like an exorcism type situation? The, the a mercy exorcism. removal. A mercy killing. Oh, oh hey. <laughs> dig, dig, Digging up the body and stabbing her through the heart with a stake. Yeah. <laughs> so just very keen on with that With a one. bit of garlic as well for flavour. Well, it was the aforementioned exhumed bodies, so it, you're all kind of right. Um, oh, the, boy. What, even me? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? There was no mention of garlic, okay. but you're, you're part of you're part, part of, this, of the gang, you know? yeah. Um, yeah. I did join in very enthusiastically. <laughs> <laughs> Which sometimes that's all mm. you need. Um, so villagers, the local doctor and a newspaper reporter exhumed the bodies of Mary, Mary Olive and Mercy on March 17th, 1892. So what do you think they found? Did they find vampires? Did they find skeletons? Anything out of the ordinary? Who dug her up? Well, it, according to this source, it was um, the local doctor, some villagers uh, and a newspaper reporter. And you're asking what did they do to the bodies? Well, that's, well, well what did, they, did find? they find? But it depends what they're looking for. Because it doesn't sound like they're men of science, even if there is a doctor. So yeah, well, they're basically they're looking to see if she is undead, to see if she has been buried alive. Did, I guess. Did I mean. Mercy have big plastic teeth in, and that was like her last little gag? Like, <laughs> oh, mess! In case they dig me up, can't keep this gal down. Yeah, because life of the party. What we haven't mentioned is that Mercy was a notorious joker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was the one that left that Love dead rat next the to her, knowing he couldn't resist. <laughs> And actually, this was at the sort of tail end of the, no pun intended, but the tail end of, oh, it's only a pun if you think about the rat, because anyway, but it's the tail end of the vampire panic. So actually, like, oh, you know, no. this, this isn't just something that they're doing in, um, in Exeter. This is something that's been happening in Europe. It's been happening in America. So well, what I'm saying, Taylor, is that that could be legit. She could legitimately have put some teeth in. <laughs> but, I mean, she well, didn't, had but, she uh... been dug up before? Like, had somebody already messed with the body? I don't know. Was there a costume shop nearby? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but... did, did they find a, a little note left by Mercy that said, I'm not a vampire. You've wasted your time. I... <laughs> I feel like they can't find anything because science would have us believe there is nothing to find. Vampires don't exist. But if they're on this kind of, look, we've got to, you know, pretend that this is what the problem is. 
they're going to either plant something or claim something. So I think officially they found nothing, but they might say that they found something. Well, we will mm. find out very... after these messages. Oh, <laughs> you think you're so great, but I actually like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell you yet. Before we find out what lay in those graves, we're going to talk for a moment about tapophobia. Now, have you ever heard of tapophobia? What is it? I got Tapa. T-A-P-A? T-A-P-A. Fear. No, T-A-P-H-O. Taphophobia. Oh. I love that you had to sound that out for me to pronounce it right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go first. No. <laughs> Haven't heard of it. Never heard of it. I'm trying to work it out like an epitaph. Oh, God. So oh. taphophobia. I'll just wait for you to give the answer, I think. I'm just in that kind of mood. It's Tuesday. <laughs> Katie? <laughs> Don't think too hard. A fear of... No, I got nothing. <laughs> it's a fear of three people not having a fucking guess. No, I'm joking. <laughs> what is it? A fear of taps there. <laughs> it's a fear of being buried alive. Oh, we should have guessed which... that. Shit. <laughs> yeah, which is very, very which specific is, to this case. It's one of those fears that, like, do we even have to label that a fear? Like, find the person that's like, I'm all right with that. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Like that's not like, ooh, spiders freak it, me out. It's like, why? They're innocent creatures. Like yeah, that's it's, a it's normal a, response. I don't it's know. It's a phobia if it's irrational, right? I don't know. Some days, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I take it. Bury me alive. Half of me. Okay, cool. Do you know, it was much bigger in the 18th and 19th century because um, everyone was so superstitious and also medical science wasn't that advanced. So like sometimes people were legitimately buried alive wow. because they'd be pronounced dead. Yeah. So tapophobia um, has sort of fallen gruesome. out of style now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's not very in vogue at the moment okay. because right. actually... It's out with the corsets. I'm going to bring it back, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm going to tweet. Bring it back. I'm going to tweet. Reclaim it. Just been diagnosed you... with tapophobia, guys. Just start tweeting about it until people start getting upset. Exactly. It'll work. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She was buried alive, so there's, like, scratch marks of her trying to escape this fucking coffin. Which is actually the wow. worst thing in the world. That sounds horrendous. Yeah. I mean, that is pretty horrendous, <gasps> isn't it? And actually, well, this isn't the, 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 the sort of the, the one that people talk about of the woman who was scratching at the inside of her coffin is Alice Blunden, who's a different woman from Basingstoke. And this was in 1748. <laughs> and also, because I was telling my boyfriend about this, I was telling him about um, the, like being buried alive. And he's from Basingstoke, and he was like, first woman buried alive was from Basingstoke. Uh, like, really proud. It's <laughs> a rich cultural history. It's awful. Imagine living your whole life in Basingstoke and then being buried alive. Yeah, you have the worst luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and actually earlier you asked for a, a description of um of one of the female protagonists in our story so um alice blunden possibly the harshest description we had yet one account she and her husband were described thus william blunden worked in a brewery and his wife was a fat gross woman <laughs> well, <laughs> well, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> huh. but again no mention of whether or not she was sexy so Alice um, what do you think Alice did she didn't do it deliberately but she did something that made people think she was dead I'll give you a clue it's something we can relate to on this podcast well, she drank she so much hammered. beer she got blackout drunk oh no <laughs> <laughs> 
love when you felt that, didn't you? Well, that's going to help bring back that fear of yeah, being buried yeah. alive for me. Yeah. Don't worry, we'll check. I don't know if I'd drink more or less in this era, because you'd want to calm down, but it would be such an increased risk. Mm. How quickly do they get them in that coffin? They're like, calm down, get, like, give them a day, yeah. see if they wake <laughs> up. Wait, what are yeah, but you, imagine if they did that with all the bodies, where they were like, just give it a minute. Just yeah. <laughs> put well, yeah. She um, put her on her oh. side and see if she comes around. I mean, what do you think? I'm, I mean, this stuff is great. This is like, what do you think? Back in the olden timey days, they used to check if people were still alive. Because actually, um, in the 17th and 18th century, like checking a pulse wasn't something that had been worked out yet. Breath on the mirror. Oh, breath on the mirror. That's one anymore. Ooh. They put their ear to the old heart. Ear to the heart. Hope for the best. Tapping their knee for the reflex, smelling salts under the nose. Tickling. Smelling salts. Just tickling straight in there. Tickling. <laughs> Bit of really loud music. Just s- they say their name once. They go, Alice. No, she's dead. <laughs> Alice. She's gone, I'm sorry. Yeah, she would have said yes. I wonder yes. everyone was terrified of that. Yeah. <laughs> Being buried alive. One of my particular favourite was uh, one popular German method of death testing was jamming a long needle with a flag on one end into the hearts of the recently deceased. The flag would reportedly unfurl and wave if the heart was still beating. That sounds like such a terrible idea. And and then it unfurls again because the the heart is now stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> it unfurls and then curls up again. It's really, Great. you know, I have German heritage and I feel like I need to say something about their, their desire to invade every bit of land that they... <laughs> <laughs> this is ours! <laughs> yeah. I think it's just utterly bonkers. Another one was um, putting the corpse's finger in your ear, um, which I swear a doctor was just caught doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> and he was like, oh, no, no. Just it's, checking. Um, <laughs> checking for life. Um, but the doctor argued that the involuntary muscle movements in a living person's finger would create a buzzing sound in the ear of a trained physician. Uh-huh. Uh, and I did this to Toby earlier. I stuck my finger in his ear. <laughs> And he was, and I was like, "Could you tell if I was dead?" And he was like, "It's really warm. Like, of course you're alive." So, that oh, makes okay. quite cold fingers. Yeah, me too. Oh, okay, It'd be straight in the ground. Yeah, shit. Guys, can I say tonight in bed, maybe just pop your finger in your uh, loved one's ear and just see if they know if you're dead. Um, yeah, I'll get. I'll do that. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is for all you lovers out there listening mm-hmm. to the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you want to spice things up. Mm-hmm. Can you tell if I'm dead? <laughs> um, there's also you could you could also tonight hold a candle up to a finger to check for blood. Wow, they were really shit at medicine, weren't they? Yeah. I know, this I is know. Really yeah. bad. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Drunk women solving crime. How do you think it was discovered that Alice had been buried alive? It involved some children. Oh, did they oh. hear her screaming from the coffin? Oh no. Oh, how they discovered that she was alive. I was thinking how they figured out she was dead. I was like, where did they send the children? (laughs) And they're like, (laughs) they've got the warmest fingers. (laughs) Shall we go get help? No, she's that fat, gross woman. Leave her in there. (laughs) This is Paisley. They've got the smallest fingers. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a type, if you're a woman with a tiny little ear, then. um, But. Okay. Yeah, some boys had oh. been playing in the graveyard and they reported hearing a voice from the grave. Um, they were initially disbelieved and punished by their schoolmaster of course. for lying. Yep. That makes sense. Um, oh, God. I know. 
but others heard the voice um, and the grave was open. So there's no possible yes. way that Alice could be alive because the doctor put her finger in his ear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it didn't move. Exactly. So we've talked oh, to you about that's... lying, haven't we, boys? <laughs> it's such a traumatic story on every level. I mean, it's horrible because, yeah, she was found like covered in scratches and bruises from where she'd woken up and panicked, tried to get out. Um, and if we didn't have she was dead. Stuff. She was dead by the time well, they got to her. They got to her. There was no sign of life. <laughs> so they- <laughs> oh, God. No. Oh. All right, boys. Yeah. They did. They, they buried her again. All right, boys. You might have been right that time. <laughs> and then she woke up again. Yeah. They, they dug no. her up the next day because they, they didn't the leave coroner. anything like a sandwich in there just in case. <laughs> no, just- right. Literally. Oh, come yeah, on. Nothing. And then they opened up the coffin and they found that um, she'd torn off a great part of the coffin lining, which that hadn't happened when they dug her up the day before. Fucking so she'd been buried alive twice. Torture. Again? Give it a minute. <laughs> Give it a minute. What is there must have been some superstition prints? about like keeping the dead outside of the ground because they're, they're doing this. They're too hasty. Yeah. Well, this is why you have wakes and stuff, surely. No, that's not why. <laughs> I thought it was to pay respect. I'm having a two-week wait when wake. (laughs) I don't think someone was like, let's invite everyone round just to see whether or not they wake up. I bet it helped, though. Oh, no. Why is it called a week? Because, yeah, we don't talk about it, but that's why. Yeah. Would liven up a wake, wouldn't it? It, Yeah, right? That's a story. Suddenly it's a birthday party. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so, like, the, the question is, like, who's to blame for this? Um... And ultimately, no individuals were convicted, um, but the town, this is a quote, the town had a considerable fine set upon them for their neglect. So, like, the town of Basingstoke was fined just for being an idiot. That doesn't... And it wasn't the last time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel like... Oh. It doesn't feel very fair. No, I know, but, like, I don't know who... I don't know, maybe the doctor who first said that she was dead, he feels like the guy that should be... Um, I think, I mean... But, hey... Wait, if I was in charge of the prosecution, I got my list. <laughs> oh, God. Katie suspects everyone. Oh, yeah? yeah. Boys, right? Oh, it's the boys' fault. Well, the, it's whoever the boys told, it's their fault, too. Yeah. Whoever put her in the ground again the afterwards. Boys were being good citizens and they got shamed. Doesn't that's sound the like opposite. the husband was very involved in the whole thing. I mean, that's, No, he was at the brewery the making they more just, death juice. Oh, he's paid someone to look the other way. He wants her out of the picture. Yeah. This one goes um, right to the top, you guys. That's not even the case we're <laughs> discussing, is it? No, it's not. It's not. Sorry, that was a little too traumatic. All the way to the top of Basingstoke. <laughs> and the brewery, man. Can't get much higher than that. I bet there's a craft ale now from that area called, like, Fat Gross Wife. Mm. Buried alive I guarantee twice. it. Or buried alive. Yeah. Oh, I bet there. Yeah, I bet there's quite a lot of woody notes, earthy tones. (laughs) I would not be able to drink it. It's just, it's too soon. Hints of despair, Mm. lovely. So obviously, there there was this thing of being buried alive, and people were like, "I don't want to be buried alive." So people started inventing coffins that meant that you could signal that you've been buried alive. What do you think happened there? The Uma Thurman punch in Kill Bill. You, so you have a coffin that you can punch through the top. They started yeah. putting bells in them, didn't they? So that you bells. Could, yeah, like you could ring a bell that was above ground, right? Okay. No, I thought it was something like that. That wouldn't be Sarah. Any thoughts? Terrifying, would it? 
Does Mariah Carey live up there? <laughs> yeah, maybe that, like an intercom system. That's the best way, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is. It is essentially um, an intercom, and it was. Yeah, one of the things was a bell, so it was. Yeah, a little tube from running from the coffin where you could just ring a bell, and it was. It was a um, well, a German priest, your people, Sarah, yes. um, suggested that all coffins have a cord that would run directly to the church bells. I mean, that's go. horrifying. That's horrendous. Mate, just get some fucking doctors the... that know what they're doing. <laughs> Who's got the time to rig that up? The technology that would require the amount of... Ro- yeah. What is that, rope? Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't be able to get into the graveyard. Also, I don't trust these people to be able to do that. They can't even take a pulse. Also, if somebody gets married and all the bells are going, people are like, zombies! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Horrific. Uh, <laughs> there, so, so there was another invention, which was another kind of, um, it was a trumpet. I mean, it wasn't actually a trumpet, because that would just be amazing if you just blow into a trumpet. But it was, it was a trumpet-like pole that went up from the coffin. Now, can you think what that would be used for? It's not about sound. Just to breathe. Okay. To, or you could push it up and waggle it around to get attention. Yeah. We're back on getting your dick out, aren't we? <laughs> Well, what it was is this is like this is horrible. Um, is that they suggested that it had this yeah this trumpet thing? So basically, the priest could go around to the graves and smell, and if it smells like it's decomposing, then it's like yeah, they're dead. And if it smelt nice for a few days, they'd dig them up. Um, oh, what have you, what have you got? A weird this... priest who just has a bit of a preference. <laughs> yeah, this this right. doesn't feel like it's getting to the root cause of the issues at all. Doesn't sound like it would have helped Alice, the fat, gross woman. No, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. she had a certain odor anyway. Did did this um, method save anyone, or is this just like did someone get a sniff and then they're oh hooray, dig, dig them up? Well, so how could you, you know sn- I mean... smell from that far away? Yes, that's a big sniff, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I know, I know. I think that one, that one. I mean, all of these things, uh, they're. Cra- I think there are there's some sort of versions of these coffins still available today particularly with the bell wow. and stuff because some people are still terrified of i think it's a fear of more of a fear of death than a fear of being buried alive you know people want to do everything to cover just cover all bases like um, yeah this guy duke ferdinand of brunswick um he had a window installed in his coffin so that he could see out i don't i guess so he, he could see the dirt yeah i don't pff, i don't know why he had a window but um he also had oh actually maybe he was, was in a mausoleum a, or something he was yeah he was mm-hmm. in a tomb because um he had a he had two um keys with him in his shroud in his like death shroud and one was for his coffin lid and the other was for the tomb door I think I, I mean, I'd have lost those keys. I, like, I, just, I think it's better if somebody God finds it. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's um, so much you know, better if somebody finds you though, because if you just if you like, sort of let yourself out and then start going about your business, that's uncomfortable. You'd be so embarrassed when yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, good thing we put the keys in. <laughs> You'd be like really like going there. You didn't believe me, did you? But look, it was a good idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's paranoid now. <laughs> but it's like Katie said, all this energy on innovations when it feels like it'd be easier to just like learn how humans work. Mm. Just spend mm-hmm. a few minutes around people. I think. Yeah. I yeah. think having learning about that. I think having a bell on a coffin is great. 
it really changes the way I see it, that the phrase I'll be there with bells on. Because when, when I say that now, I, I know it will be what I truly mean, which is I'd, I'd rather be dead. <laughs> Someone's like, do you want to go to a party? I'll be like, with, I'll be there with bells on. <laughs> oh, wow. um, the last thing which um, kind of made me laugh is a guy called Dr. Adolf um, Gutsmith, Gutsmith, uh, was buried alive several times, but it was to demonstrate a safety coffin of his own design. Um, this was in 1822. Um, and, like, the thing is, he had, like, essentially, like, a food hatch. And I'm like, at what point do you find out that somebody is buried alive and you're like, yeah, they want a sandwich. But through the, um, through the hatch, he ate a meal of soup, bratwurst, marzipan, sauerkraut and beer. Of course. Why would what you go with soup? cheese? <laughs> no. soup in a coffin yeah we get it you're german <laughs> <laughs> such a strange jo- why have you spilled the soup that's awful i know and also like all of that food as well although i do want to lie down after i um, eat like lots yeah, of food so. lying down is the worst position yeah yeah he, he was a big big guy in safety coffins they're called safety coffins rather than fucking mad coffins um, but but going it's, back yeah, the... that time you're going to spend making the soup and heating it up, like, <laughs> maybe just get me out. Right, yeah. right. I okay. want a slow-cooked brisket. <laughs> I'll have... I've got no time for these people. I just don't think I'd, so I'd wake up having been buried alive and within the panic think, God, I'd love some soup. Yeah, at any point. I can prolong this torturous death. Never be peckish at that point. This like like I know we've done a case of necrophilia. This is genuinely one of the most distressing cases we've done. (laughs) My anxiety, you guys. Do you know what? I'm trying to just give everybody tapophobia. You're saying that you'd rather somebody have sex with a body than feed the body. (laughs) (laughs) I mean it does sound like that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, we're learning a lot about Katie tonight. Um, but, so, yes, let's go back to the Brown family. Because, um, yeah, I found this the, the case of the vampires. Um, and I was like, wow, this is great. This is fascinating. And then I realised, you know when you get a case and you realise that's about 10 minutes of material. And so I thought I'd put a little bit of, um, sprinkle a little bit of getting buried alive in there as well. The Brown family are about to be exhumed. When they dug them up, we thought maybe they, they didn't find anything because vampires don't exist. They can't find anything. Was that the consensus? Well, no, I changed my answer to they find scratch marks. Mm. Scratch marks, of course. I said a okay. small note. Yes. Of course, a note, a note, yeah. because she knew, she knew what was coming. Taylor, any addition? Well, is there... Mm, are you saying that she was in a safety co- coffin? She wasn't, no. She was just oh, in a okay. normal coffin. Oh, can I change my okay. mind? Go they on. They find half a bratwurst <laughs> and a bowl of soup. Yeah, and the note says, I knew this would happen. Yeah. <laughs> and the note says, I'd have preferred minestrone. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a soup with pasta in it, yeah. I've got to say. When you find out that a soup's going to be minestrone, very nice. Um, <laughs> Um, so Taylor, um, what did you say? She's there's not sure. Been, there's been such a build-up to it. I feel like it has to be something crazy in there, and I just can't think <laughs> what it well, is. Well, to be fair, it's not really crazy. So the bodies of both Mary and Mary Olive uh, showed the expected level of decomposition, but they had been dead for about sort of like almost ten years. Yeah. Uh, but Mercy, who had died nine weeks before, exhibited mm-hmm. almost no decomposition, still had blood in her heart and in her liver. 
Now, this was taken as a sign that Mercy was undead and the reason Edwin, remember Edwin, was so ill. Right. And so do you think... Oh, God, that's the actual... she lived for, like, three fucking weeks or something in this fucking coffin. And that's well, why she had to decompose as much. Do you think she she could have been buried alive and that's that's why yeah. she hadn't decomposed? Okay. Well, I don't like Take... that I've just said that. It's horrendous. <laughs> I wish someone had just had sex with her body and that would have been fun. <laughs> Quick, get it over with. Yeah. It's so sad that Edwin just needed penicillin. Like, that's what's so yeah. sad about this. Like, you guys. Yeah. I know. Whenever we think we don't have progress in the world, it's like, yeah, we, we have penicillin. I'm genuinely grateful. Is there, any, um, is there any record as to whether or not she got on with her brother? Ooh. Um, no. Okay, okay. all right, never mind. <laughs> Oh no! That could have been like a. I loved him so much. I wanted him to join me, or it was he was a dick, and if I'm dying, he's dying too. <laughs> okay, Taylor. So I'll give you a clue as well. So it's March. So she would and, have been frozen. Well, this is the thing. Um, it was oh, apparently her... they don't even understand weather. They're really <laughs> stupid. <laughs> So yeah, it's like apparently her body um, was stored in a um, like an above ground crypt for um, several weeks before she was even buried. So she hadn't actually been in the ground that long, and the ground was cold because it was March. The um, yeah, the crypt would have been almost almost like a freezer essentially. So she had been um, um, so preserved. So at least she would have died of hypothermia if she had woken up. Yeah, I mean, and she was also definitely dead of TB, like, you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, at this point, it was, it was a bit left at the traffic lights to take you down the buried alive route. Um, I just wanted to freak you out. Um, Mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, despite the fact that even the doctor said, oh, do you know what, this is probably to do with the weather, um, but the villagers would not have it. Of course um, not. <laughs> and um, so how do you think the villagers went about killing the undead in 1891? They started with the doctor... <laughs> we hate facts. Death with you. Yeah, I think people have had enough of what was it? What did Gove say? Experts. Yeah. Oh God, I think people have had enough of experts actually. And that doctor was the closest <laughs> thing that town had. Did they cut off their heads? Okay, a, a decapitation. Just because that's what I would do. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> okay. Just to take that off. Sarah, what Silver would you do? Silver bullets. Um, no, that's Silver werewolves. I'd. It's a stakes with the heart. Sorry, I talked over you. No, no, I was thinking you go, you go for it with the stakes. Stakes through the heart. Okay. I'd stop feeding him. That's the first thing. I'd do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, no more breakfast for them. Cut off the I've food said supply. it a thousand times. We are coddling these corpses. <laughs> with three meals a day. Blank time for you to fend for yourself. Um, I would uh, do they line the coffin with something is that put a big heavy weight on the coffin or I don't know okay just trying to that's a good trying to be creative because I would have gone with the head chopping but we can't all say the same thing (laughs) do you know what it wasn't head chopping and there's one option where you could simply turn the body over in the grave that was seen as a kind of um, a way of being like right okay they're not going to be evil anymore um, what, but that they're just wasn't... lying on their belly. I've had enough yeah. of these experts. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I don't, I don't know what the logic was um, behind that. But I think that was that was. Isn't that a way that sometimes if you were buried sort of like face down, that was a kind of that was a very bad burial. That was like if you're a really bad person or something. Oh, really, I... it's disrespectful. 
isn't it disrespectful to God or something? Didn't we have a case where they requested to be face down and it was sort of like a fuck you? <gasps> Maybe. Ooh. That's that's ringing a bell. Yeah. But... Because um, your ass not in... up, basically. <laughs> so you're... Oh, but do you think in, it's like um, they're turning them in the direction to hell? Like, you're going that way, mm, you're going that way mate. Oh. They're going that way. Did they ever bury people vertically? That would be amazing. Just like... Yeah. Like yeah. Well, yeah, I think actually there's probably something in it being facing down to hell. Um, but what they did is they went belt and braces on this um, and they cut Mercy's heart out and ah, her liver. That was my second guess. Okay. Yeah, they burned them on a stone in the cemetery and the ashes were mixed with water. What do you think that was for? Drink. For who? The brother! A drink no. for Edwin? Oh no. Drink, drink for um, the doctor. Mm. Just for a laugh. <laughs> it was. It was to create a tonic to be given to Edwin to oh, drink I was, as an I effort was to resolve. I was joking when I said drink. <laughs> That's okay. so. What sometimes, like when you make a kind of a joke about something being really horrible in these yeah. kind of, in the end, yeah, the seventeenth century, it's just like, yep. Edwin it's fucking very, hated like... his sister, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> well, she had the last laugh. He had to <clears throat> fucking drink her ass. He's like, oh yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> now he's laughing, Delic- Edwin. Delicious. Got any sugar? Got any sugar? <laughs> Um, did it work? That's my next question. What do we think? Well, it's not penicillin. <laughs> <laughs> it but sure it's the isn't. next best thing. Um, I wonder how much of it he had to have. And what was the water to ash ratio? Like, I've questioned. Could he flavor it with some... Ribena? Sauce? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they had then. Bratwurst? Tincture of peppermint. <laughs> oh, isn't it weird that I'd probably drink a drink with ashes in, but not with a bratwurst. I just think a sausage a sausage drink is just, that sounds horrible. But that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, it's just you. <laughs> I think I'd go with the sausage drink over the uh, my sister's burnt heart and liver, but, you know. Do you know, when you, when you put it like that, you're completely we, right. We, I mean, we've just met, so... <laughs> At the end of the day, it's all protein. <laughs> yeah, hey, but it did not work. Of course it didn't work. Um, Edwin died two months later. So M- Mercy's exhumation made the papers, and this kind of thing was happening all over the country, um, but a particular news article about Mercy was found cut out of a newspaper and in the belongings of a stage manager at the Lyceum Theatre in London. He'd just returned from touring a show around America, and the article supposedly inspired him to Bram write Stoker! I mean, I won't. I won't open it to the team. It was. It was Bram Stoker. Oh yeah, maybe he worked with Oscar Wilde and stuff. I was gonna say the Little Vampire. So. <laughs> and I thought it was Buffy, but we were all right. We were all, we were all right. Because right. they all come from yeah, the same. Yeah, the big story. three books that that guy wrote. <laughs> Yeah, yes. so apparently they found <laughs> this article in his in his belongings, and this happened in. Um, so Mercy died in eighteen ninety one, and he wrote Dracula in eighteen ninety seven. So it kind of makes sense, you know, six years of him going. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna make sure the the woman in the story doesn't get any credit. <laughs> yes, please. Well, I mean, like she's a great character though, but like he he just kind of accurately exposes everything. Like it's mm. such an interesting like the the way the main character when he's traveling to um, Dracula's castle he's just like casually racist about the Chinese having slow trains it's just like it's a genuine snapshot of like a ridiculous time and like they literally they 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 recording their notes on um, the earliest 
gramophone recording device thing. It's like proper tech. It's like the earliest. <laughs> it's like the time I mean, machine, or you know, it's like it's an early, amazing. an early podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but like an, an early forensic investigation and. It's just... oh, that's what we're doing now, Katie. This is a forensic investigation into vampires. Yeah, but it's, I don't know, it's a really, it's such a great I book. don't know why I want to ask this question. Do you, do you know what he ate on the train? I should know. It's probably in there. I think it was. Is it breakfast? <laughs> yeah, no, it's soup and breakfast. Yeah. The reason I ask is because I was watching a documentary about American football, and it, this oh, yeah. is completely off topic. Uh, and, and then one of the boys who plays American football lives in this house with these load of spooks. Like one of them's his aunt, but they're all into like Dracula and stuff. Yeah. And uh, his like aunt's like husband stuff will like cook the meals from the book. So they were sat down. Oh wow! And I'm fairly certain he was like, oh, this is what he had on his way to Dracula's house. And this little oh. American football kid was just like, oh, wow. I really don't. Care. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I can't remember what it was. And, uh, well, he's like he's like a rich lawyer helping to do a property transaction because Dracula's buying property in London or something. Mm-hmm. So like it's probably whatever the nicest food was at the time that you could get on a train. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what that brings it down to. Yeah. Um, people, so people yeah. So today, yeah. Hey, if you know, tweet us. Yeah. At Drunk Women Pod. Um, yeah, so today Mercy Brown's grave is a popular is popular with sightseers, and they often leave gifts behind, such as jewelry and plastic vampire teeth. They got in there at the end. Um, <laughs> occasionally, they leave notes. So there was a note as well. So we've wow. covered all the yeah. One particularly made me laugh. If you'd like to hazard a guess, the last thing on this story is what note would someone leave at the grave of a suspected vampire? What would it say? I want to suck your blood. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> It's a very decent Thank you. Is it something to do with Twilight? Oh, God. It, well, actually, I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> Katie? I never trusted you. <laughs> I never trusted you, Taylor. I just don't know. She just doesn't know. I mean, you I won't get it. can't even make a joke. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's too <laughs> stumped. Yeah. No, it simply says... Tom, you... Tom, I have no idea. <laughs> it just said, you go, girl. <laughs> Wow. So here's yeah. to Mercy Brown. Cheers. Wow. An amazing journey that was. You wow. Go, go. Drunk women solving crime. Okay, so just enough time for a listener crime. So um, this says, Dear Drunk Women, a couple of years ago I was in London and met up with some northern blokes for a day drinking session and we ended up in Angel doing a pub crawl. I was matching these big seasoned drinkers pint for pint and as such I was a little less than razor sharp um, in one pub I got my phone out of my bag to show some, a friend some pictures a few minutes later a man walks into the pub door and comes straight over to us and stands by me and holds a piece of paper over the table oh, in front of me shit no. yeah yes, I know this yes. trick yeah I thought you would a couple of uh, yeah mm, a couple of moments mm, there. sorry to be like duh but <laughs> Yeah. It's such a sneaky trick. Um, Did he, had he drawn a dick pic? Is that what it is? What? On, on the paper. What do you think? That's going to be, what do you think that's gonna be the twist. Unsolicited <laughs> dick pic, but it was really detailed, hand drawn. <laughs> really quite beautiful. Um, but yeah, apparently it was a piece of paper um, and. It basically he wanted directions to somewhere is what he said, mm. but it wasn't clear. Oh, yeah. um, and then after a few moments, the manager comes over, escorts him out, oh, um, and okay. then she He's notices got the phone under the paper. Her phone has gone, and yeah, and then so what she says is, "So drunk women, did this man come in with the intention of robbing my phone?" Yes, yes, hundred mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> percent. 
<laughs> Did he see it on the table through the window and decide yes, to target probably. me? Yep. Yes. Um, or was he actually lost an opportunistic? Oh, no. you're really sweet, but no. 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 <laughs> you were targeted. Should I? <laughs> Um, is this a known scam that people yeah, do? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So does any, has anyone had this happen? Uh, anyway, this is from Kathy. I've seen, Kathy, I've seen it done much. and foiled in front of me. <gasps> really? Really? In my, when did that happen? In my hairdressers. Um, I thought you were going to say in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see everything. <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> I drank whiskey, guys. <laughs> in your hairdressers? Yeah, these two guys came in and they had like a pamphlet and they started trying to talk to customers and they were kind of putting the pamphlets on top of people's phones and bags and stuff and before they could really get a word in the manager came like running over and she knew exactly what they were doing and she gave them short shrift and so they had to leave yes has anyone has anyone else experienced it no, I've not experienced it firsthand. I think it happened to comedian Rachel Paris not too long ago. <gasps> Did it? Yeah, at some point. I saw it on Facebook. That was a Facebook status. Yeah, that rings a bell, actually. Yeah. I feel like... Because it is... And it's it's like... It feels like... It's something that I've heard of quite a few times. Mm. And I still leave my phone on a table. Yeah. Um, it's sort of impossible not to. Well, is it? Is it? <laughs> but it's no, not, actually, it's not. impossible. It's, it's good that that um, person has written... I'm very sorry that that happened to that person. But actually, it's it's good. Because, well, it's not good, but the good that can come from it is we can tell everyone on the podcast, don't let yes. anyone put paper on your phone. Mm. <laughs> yes. Or like, get distracted while they're doing it. Forewarned, it's forearmed. Do you remember what the dick pic looked like? We could get an E-fit, <laughs> we could get an E-fit of the penis. <laughs> I, I sort of remember a, a defit. Am I right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dana, go on. No, I just I sort of remember this one coming in because we've had it for a while. And doesn't it end well though? I feel like someone chases the guy down and they get the phone back, and then the manager buys them around. Did I make all yes? That up? Oh my god, your memory! Holy I was just shit. cutting for time because I realised that I've I've gone. Um, I decided that I was going to slow down my um, hosting slightly because normally I just literally sound like I'm on coke. So like, <laughs> I slowed down a little bit and then I looked at the time. Um, so I sort of cut bits out. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the phone back. Just because it's um, like, oh, hooray. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Fairy the lead. <laughs> so if you want free, a free round in a pub in London, almost get your phone oh, stolen. We'd stage it, couldn't we? I was going to say, how many places would do that? They'd be like... Your problem, mm. like that's a really nice gesture. Yeah. Oh, she doesn't mention the bar, but I imagine it wasn't a Weatherspoons, and Weatherspoons can fuck yeah. themselves. It's <laughs> awful. Um, and on that note, thank you very much, Kathy. And we've just got enough time. Sarah, tell us like what you're up to and where we can find you. And I love your podcast. Your oh, podcast, you're doing so good. Thank you. Yeah. It's very uh, cool. I've, I've been doing that uh, podcast with Catherine, um, my partner. I don't know why I said that really strangely. That sounded like I made her up. Oh, she, my partner. She's my no. <laughs> I'm gonna say that. She's very, very Keep real. Manifesting that one day, it will be true. Um, and well, uh, she and I also run a online gig on Thursday nights now, uh, and you can find details about that on Instagram and Twitter and all of those social media things. It's called Gigless oh. because we don't have any gigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah Kiwa. Oh, no, <laughs> 
Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then write it in a review and we'll solve it. Thank you to Acast and thank you for listening.